Good afternoon, good evening. This is Mr. Gadgets once again, calling in to talk about a little bit more of the history of computing here, and this is kind of a combo, a transitional phase, if you will, between this history of computing BPC, before PCs, as well as how did I get to Linux. And so I've been using all of these things I've been talking about in some previous episodes that didn't really have operating systems. Uh, I didn't really use anything that was CPM-based to any great extent or do any kind of programming because of where I was working at the time, and it didn't use CPM. A lot of people were, but not me. And there were uh, some things that were related to this that are kind of transitional here. I mentioned earlier that uh, being a poor student and then a single guy out here, you know, getting along with a music degree and uh, the technical skills that I had been teaching myself, I really didn't have the money to purchase a Apple II, but I did have the money to get together for a color computer from Radio Shack. Now, this was different than all the TRS-80s because it had a lot more things built into it, and uh, it had the cassette input-output as well as the ability to, you know, hook it up to have it on a screen uh, with a video monitor, but uh, if it would actually go to a television and could do color graphics. And uh, it also had some joystick inputs. It was really ra rather clever machine. The joysticks were, uh, were basically based on uh, voltage uh, with uh, pots, right, with variable resistors. And so the the different axes of the joysticks would allow you to have fine graduation. It wasn't like the joysticks that you'd find, for instance, on an Atari 2600, where it's just really a switch that you're pushing. This was actually you were uh, ru running through some gears and moving the X and Y axis was turning a resistor, and that resistor, that variable resistor then, was providing a voltage uh, you know, difference uh, based on the resistance, and it had then voltage to digital converters, right, to actually have the position of those machines. Uh, as were with all of these machines at this particular time, it was kind of half arcade device, and you could load in missile command, you know, style game and, you know, space invader style game and things like that. You could also program it in uh, color basic, which was another variation, once again, of the Microsoft basic that everything ran. And the whole thing basically just came up in ROM in that color basic. Well, after a while, they, they had various cartridges. So some of these games weren't even things that you had to put a tape, a cassette tape into the uh, tape recorder to load in the game. Oh, no, they had cartridges. So it really was kind of a crossover. It was like kind of half, half video game, half computer, and uh, you would put a cartridge in the side for some of these games. And they came up with a cartridge that was uh, a disk controller. 
so you could put five and a quarter inch disk drives and have real, you know, floppy disks for data entry and data storage. And this was uh, pricey uh, and things like that, but I managed to get a hold of one of those controllers without the drives. So bought it used from somebody. I guess the drives had gone south and he still had the controller. And I got a hold of that. Maybe it was through the Color Computer Club here in town. I don't know. And I found some drives uh, cheap used. Uh, in fact, my mother-in-law for years, ever since I first got married, has had this thing that they've always done in their family since before I got married and married into this family where she gives you money at Christmas time. And instead of her buying you something that you don't like that you have to take back, you, she gives you money around Thanksgiving. You go out, you buy something, you wrap it up, you don't tell anybody about it. And on Christmas you know, Eve, when we would open up gifts, you open up your gift, you know what you're getting, and everybody else is surprised. <laughs> and you're guaranteed to get something you want. And you can add money to the Christmas money to buy something that's a little bit more than what the Christmas money would normally buy. And so that year I, I bought myself drives. Uh, that were floppy drives that I could use with this. The soft sector drives would work and put together my own little drive system with that cartridge that was the disk controller. Now, about this time, there was a company called Real-Time Operating Systems, I think it was, uh, out of Des Moines, of all places. And I actually knew somebody later on who quit the, the company we were working for. He was a marketing guy and went out to do the head of the marketing department for that group up there in Des Moines. Uh, anyway, they had operating systems, and I had been hearing about Unix, like I mentioned in that last show about Gates talking about having a Unix-compatible system on the Model 100, which would have been cool uh, if, if they could have pulled it off. But uh, basically, I'd been hearing a lot about Unix. I taught myself basic, and I taught myself a few other you know, uh, rudimentary skills and a few other, you know, languages and things. Uh, I'd heard about C and I'd heard about they, uh, about Unix. Uh, the two are totally interrelated, of course. And this company had a bootable disk that would put you into a Linux-compatible operating system using the color computer. It was called OS9 because it used the 6809 chip, right? So it was OS9. They also had another version of this that ran on a larger scale Radio Shack computer that had 8-inch drives. Uh, it was kind of like a, a Model 3 on steroids, if you will. I can't remember what that one was called. might have been the Model 2000 or something like that. Anyway, they had an OS 2000 or whatever that model of computer it was that was a 16-bit computer chip in that one. So it had more addressable space and had 8-inch floppy disks. So it was a more capable machine. But uh, the OS9 was my first uh, hands-on with being able to use a Unix-compatible, as far as the commands are, are concerned and all that kind of stuff, operating system. I can't remember which shell it had. This is back. This wasn't the Bash shell, right? The Born Again shell. It was either a Born shell or a C shell, and I can't remember which one it was that it had. There was also the Corn shell with a K back then. And usually at this particular point, you were either a seashell person or you were a born shell person because they had differences in how you had to write the shell scripting and all that kind of stuff. It had a C compiler. I could compile C programs and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was actually my first Unix-compatible operating system that I could own in my own little hands. 
And that'll do it for this particular segment. Next segment along the way, I'll discuss my next uh, foray into, uh, you know, Star X, right, uh, Unix and Linux operating systems, and a little bit about computing in the middle uh, 80s. But until then, this is Mr. Gadget out here on the technological frontier. You be careful on the technological frontier. Send me some email at, uh, you know, uh, HPR at MrGadgets.com, MrGadgets.com, and I'm MrGadgets on Twitter and Identica. And until next time, be careful out here, and I'll be blazing the trail ahead of you on the electronics frontier. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.